0: And the title is Your Time Has Come. Are you ready for that? Your time has come. And just to, to hear the, the journey that you're, you're, you're setting out on is, is quite exciting, actually, to, to plant a work in a place like that is amazing. And uh, God bless you, and I trust that this speaks to you this morning. Father, we thank you for every single one that's gathered here right now, that, Lord, you're looking down and you're touching each one. You're more than looking down. You're looking from the inside out, from the inside out, because wherever we go, we take him with us. And, Lord, we thank you, Spirit of the living God. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for the words that you've given me to speak, and I pray that they touch every single heart that they leave this place more challenged, changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts 2 and verses 1 to 4, I'm just going to read. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. We're all together in one place, Tosin. Isn't that good? Suddenly... A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. (coughs) Excuse me. The Holy Spirit swept into the lives of the disciples, empowering them with the courage to proclaim the good news without fear. Isn't that amazing? The disciples were, right at that moment, transformed from a worried and frightened lot to courageous proclaimers of the gospel. At the conclusion of the book of Luke, we find the disciples behind a locked door. When Jesus appeared to them after the resurrection, they were holed up, not knowing what to expect. After the crucifixion, they were frightened that they too might suffer the same fate. And I guess that's quite reasonable. Rome could have been a brutal place, especially when it wanted to crush a potential uprising. Therefore, it seemed logical for them to fear what might happen. However, something dramatically changes in the book of Acts. Wow, that's amazing. You know, we're entering a season now and as I've been waiting on the, the Holy Spirit at the end of the year and at the beginning of 2024, I've asked him, what is it that you're beginning to emphasize through our ministry for 2024? And he said, there is a rise in the depth and the breadth and the speed of the river. And there is a, Holy Ghost River that's beginning to flood the church in a way that we've not seen before. And it may not be necessarily seen on the surface, but in the realm of the Spirit, there's some changes that are taking place. And it's exciting when I begin to talk to people. You know, for decades, the conservative evangelical church has focused on tradition and sentimentality. And unfortunately, this has dominated Christian thinking and behavior, even to a lesser or greater degree, in so called Pentecostal churches. And my challenge to Pentecostal churches is become Pentecostal. You can call yourself Pentecostal, but are you, I'm not talking about this church, okay? This is other places. But are you representing Pentecost? There is an awakening focused on the power of the Holy Spirit that we need to take hold of. This new awakening is pushing the church forward into an uncomfortable future. I thought I'd just get that in first. Is that all right? But a future worth striving toward. It's not going to be comfortable, folks. But He doesn't want you to be comfortable, He wants you to be radical. He wants you to be able to go into places that you've never been before in the power of the Spirit, to demonstrate the power of the Spirit, to see miracles, to see the Spirit poured out on people that have no knowledge of Jesus. You know, the Holy Spirit is once again flowing into and through the lives and voices of emerging apostles and prophets like a river that cannot be stopped. It's beginning to sound like the day of Pentecost all over again when the disciples emerge from the shadows to walk in the power of God, proclaim the gospel in boldness and manifest heaven on earth. And I think the people in the region that Alana and Pablo are going to are in for a shock. They're in for something that they've never experienced before. You know, we experience it on a on a daily basis. We hear the word of God every single day. We pray every single day. We fast every single <coughs> I just <laughs> actually the message this morning has already been spoken. If it's not your thing, make it your thing. That's so good. Would you turn with me to the Book of Ezekiel, chapter forty-seven? Wow. Now we we hear quite often, you know, church, wake up, wake up, and the question that most people have is, to what? What are we being awakened to? Well, we're being awakened to change. What have I said? <laughs> oh my Jesus. Ezekiel 47, and starting at verse three. When the man went toward the east with a measuring line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits, and he led me through the water that was ankle deep. You know, ankle-deep water, you watch kids paddling around in ankle deep water. It's so much fun isn't it? And it's safe. And unfortunately, there are too many people today who are paddling around in the shallows where it's fun and it's safe. But the change is coming where you're going to have to do something about that. Again, he measured a thousand cubits and led me through the water, water that was knee-deep Again, he measured 1,000 cubits and led me through the water, reaching the hips. Now, knee-deep water is okay. You're still able to navigate with relative comfort and ease. And you're going, oh, look at this, right up to my knees. i got water right up to my knees. Oh, dear. But when we strike hip-deep, things really start to get Interesting. When we see a river flowing and we're trying to wade across and starts out fun, safe, get up to my knees and I can still navigate, but then as we go in a little bit deeper, we start getting to, we're hip deep, Oh, it starts to get a little bit difficult to move in our own strength because the river is resisting our efforts. The river is resisting our efforts. And the deeper we go into the river, what we discover is that we're not able to control things. Isn't that amazing? We're not able to control the movements that we are making. The river is resisting our efforts. And it says here again, he measured a 1,000 cubits, and it was the river that I could not pass through. For the water had risen, enough water to swim in, a river that could not be crossed by wading. That's the point of no return. And that is the point where Hope Northern Hills and every other Bible-believing church and even this new church that Pablo and Alana are going to be planting, it's not going to be within their control. Pablo has already said this, if it's not Holy Ghost, it's not going to happen. If it's not Holy Spirit... It's not going to happen. And I have a sense where their cry can be, if it's not you, God, don't take us there. If it's not what you want and you're not going to go with us, take us not up there. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river, there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. And I find this really interesting that he went right out to the point of no return and then was returned to the bank. But what he saw was fruitfulness. What he saw were trees. What he saw were plants. What he saw were things beginning to happen on the banks of the river that he had been in. That's the vision. And as Pablo and Alana return back to Mexico and they make that transition from the north to the south, the fruitfulness that they're going to experience is going to be way out of their expectation. I'm going to speak to them because I believe this is a message for them this morning as much as it is for you. barusendo, Wonderful. Pablo Lulana, this is a time of fruitfulness that you're coming into. It will not be an easy journey, and I don't think you have any, any sense that it's going to be. But it's going to be more fruitful than anything you have ever experienced. It's going to be more fruitful than anything that you can begin to imagine. He is able to do much more over and above what you can think, what you can imagine, what you can dream, what you can pray. And that's going to be your experience. Oh, Shakabi Sabratando. Oh, Jesus. And then he said to me, These waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into the Arabah, the Jordan Valley. Then they go toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea, and the waters of the Dead Sea shall be healed and become fresh. It will, be, it will come about that every living creature that swarms in every place. Where the river goes will live and there will be a great number of fish because these waters go there so that the waters of the sea are healed and become fresh so everything will live wherever the river goes. The river of God is flowing out from the throne and he does not want us to play safe by staying in the shallow and predictable spiritual experience. He wants us to plunge deeper into the river of God so that we can see and live out of the supernatural life that he has intended for us. We're not born again to live a natural life. We're born again to live a supernatural life. As Ezekiel gazed upon the river, what started as a stream from below the threshold of the temple became a raging river as it flowed. Each stage of growth of the river reveals the level of supernatural encounters available to us. I'm just going to share three points ankle deep, knee deep, hip deep, or water to swim in. Now that's four, but you choose what you want to do. The very important question is do you want ankle deep? Are you happy? Do you want knee deep, do you want hip deep or water to swim in? That's a very, very important question that you need to ask yourself this morning before, and you need the answer before you leave this place. Ezekiel reached a place in the river that was impossible to stand in. Water this deep has definite effects on those who are in it. And there are three that I want to just share with you this morning so that you can not only contemplate the answer but answer the question for yourself and the first definite effect is called surrender surrender at this point at this point you've completely surrendered to the power and the direction of the river worldly surrender and godly surrender look exactly the same but the outcomes are totally different worldly surrender takes you from freedom into captivity Godly surrender takes you from captivity into freedom. Once we have surrendered to the water to swim in, we are no longer in charge of our own direction or destiny. And once these two, who are heading back to the southern parts of Mexico, have had to make that choice, we're not in charge. He's in charge. It's his call. It's what he wants us to do. And therefore, we will do it. This is the direction the Lord is now leading this church to. Oh. To take a plunge into the deep supernatural realm where we have surrendered to the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Now, that can happen as a church, of course because there would be numbers within the life of this church that have made that surrender decision. But then it's up to each and every one of us individually to get on board with that so that the level of corporate um, benefits of the prayer and fasting season that you've got coming up will go way beyond anything that you can dream or think about. The second one is sensitivity. At this point in the river, we are completely out of our own control. Isn't that amazing, Tosin? We have reached a place beyond our ability to take charge. The Spirit of God says, okay, you've given it to me, now what are you going to do? You've given me permission, now what are you going to do? Oh, well, I just want to, no, 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 that, that, that doesn't work for me says the Spirit of God. You gave me control of your life and your church and your vision and everything else that you're doing. Now where are we going to go? Well, I guess we have to be sensitive to you, to what you're saying, to where you're taking us, to what you want us to do. We are depending solely on the waters to carry us where we need to go. At this time of awakening, God is leading us to where the level that we are prepared to swim in is where we allow the Holy Spirit to take us where he wills, not what we will. And the third is saturation. Now we have become completely saturated by the river. Every part of our life is consumed with the Spirit and he is now directing our paths. That is the kind of deep plunge the Lord is leading us to where we are supernaturally endured endured with power from on high. You know, we've had the privilege of travelling to quite a few nations and we come back and I used to think, why don't we see the miracles like we see in in Africa or in India, why don't we see them here? And that isn't the right question. The question is, what's wrong with what's happening here that's different from what is happening there? And the question is the depth of the river. You go into places in Zimbabwe or wherever... You happen to have been, and you look at the lives of the people and they're going, What is this? The attitude that we tend to have here is I've heard it all before. First time I was in Africa, I was in in Zimbabwe. No, it wasn't, it was the second time I was in Africa, and I wasn't in Zimbabwe at all. I was in Tanzania up on the shores of Lake Victoria. And we were I'd been teaching in a Bible school, and then we went down into the town, which was called Bukoba, I think. Such a long time ago. And we were holding meetings in a town square, if you could call it that, because the church wasn't big enough. It only held about 30 people, and we started with 20. But the vision was there's going to be a lot more than that, So they'd set up all these wonderful big speakers that just boomed out across the village. And the first day we had about 40. This first night we had about 70. After three days we had 700 that turned up. And there was a woman that was... who came to one of the meetings and she had a cancerous growth just at the the just here, just below her sternum. Which is about the size of a grapefruit. And I I just loved it when people come with things like that, and you go, Oh, man, a man of paste and flour, faith, faith and power. And there was a pastor's daughter that was with me, her name was Grace, and I said to Grace, What I'd like you to do is just lay your hand gently on this lump. And I took my finger and I put it on the back of Grace's hand and the whole thing went... ..and it totally disappeared. She was also HIV positive, And we heard after we'd returned home that she not only had been completely healed of cancer, she'd been completely healed of HIV at the same time. But the transition in that village has meant that they now have a fully established, amazing, incredible church. And that's what's going to happen to you guys. You're going to see the miraculous build the church. You're going to see the Spirit of God build the church. It's going to be amazing, absolutely amazing. I'm speaking to you all, is that all right? But I want to speak specifically to Pablo and Alana. Listen carefully, I'm about to do a new thing. I know you know that. Isaiah 43 says, Do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Anything in your experience up until now will not work where you're going. Things that you have learned... Will not be of any great value because He's going to show you and lead you and teach you in a new way. Listen carefully. I am about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. In this season, God is about to do something new and He is taking His people into a new place a place of purpose, promise, and possession. The challenges for every single one of us is this. But, Lord, you are offending my mind. What you are talking about doesn't compute. I can't get my head around that stuff. And, you know, I love it when God offends our natural mind because it means that he's actually starting to get through to us. There have been many instructions God has led me in that have offended my mind. But because I had intimacy, I knew it was the Lord speaking, even though my mind was doing backflips. And it happens, doesn't it? In this season, God may do things in unconventional ways, and his ways will always offend religious paradigms, things that we have got stuck in in our ways. Well, it worked last year. I'm sure it's going to work this year. No. Because he's doing something completely different. You know, I, I I love the word authenticity. I love people who are authentic. Authenticity will always challenge the fake. Authenticity threatens the counterfeit expressions of his heart, and yes, there are counterfeit expressions of the heart of God. Authenticity challenges that traditional mindset. Listen to when Jesus offended the Pharisees. Great language. Authenticity breaks down the effects of tradition, sentimentality, and religion, and authenticity is the true expression of the heart of the Father. Wow. Okay, there are three things I'm going to finish on. And this is about the times and the seasons that Northern Hills is in right now, but it's also the time and the season that uh, Alana and Pablo are in right now. We can take this from 2 Chronicles 20 and 15 to 20, and I'll just quickly read it. How are we going for time? Are we doing all right? Cool. 2 Chronicles 20, starting at verse 15. And he said, listen, all of you Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel." You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. As the enemies of God's people approached, God raised up a voice to remind the people. Through the prophet Jehaziel, whose name means God sees, God instructed the people to do three things. Three things. The first was reposition. Pablo and Alana, you're being repositioned. In 2 Chronicles 2017, it says you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. And the Lord is in the process of repositioning his body. There are many people who are being repositioned throughout this nation and the nations of the world for the purposes of God. The second is refocus. Secondly, they had to stand still. There were three promises. Now that's not okay. The third is to realign. Reposition, refocus, and realign. Thirdly, they were to see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. And even though some may struggle, even though over these last few days, these last couple of weeks, people have struggled with the reality of what God is doing, we are to realign. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. The Lord is not only calling the church to reposition and refocus, but to realign, which is the practical outworking of the repositioning and the refocusing. A different season. This means realigning ourselves with the Lord and his purposes to be ready for this next phase in his plan to reveal his kingdom through the church, to fulfill his promises to Israel and the nations and to prepare the earth for his return. And you guys, your time has come. Let's all stand together this morning. I want you to ask yourself, where do you see yourself? Are you ankle deep? Are you knee deep? Are you hip deep? Or have you just given up altogether and allowed him to take you wherever he wants to take you in a river that is deeper than you've ever experienced before? As we continue to just contemplate that question, I want you to ask yourself one very important question. Am I prepared to let him take me wherever he wants to take me? With Hope Northern Hills, there is an exciting year that you have ahead of you. For Pablo and Alana, there is an exciting time ahead of you that is going to reveal God to people who don't know God. That is going to bring about the reality of the vision that's been planted in their hearts into the lives of people who have never heard the name of Jesus. I think it's such an exciting season that they're stepping into. Father, I thank you this morning. Lord, Lord, even though there is a, a challenge of the river, and that you're causing to flow in this church, in these lives, in this community. But Lord, I pray that there is a preparedness to let go and to swim way out of our control so that you can fulfill your destiny, your purpose in our lives individually and corporately in the precious name of Jesus.